Welcome to The Dirt Show brought to you by Napa Auto Parts. And today we'll be joined by a member of the Hoffman Racing Team, Tom Hoffman. We'll also hear from the Executive Director of the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, Bob Baker. Ron Reefer, promoter at Kasuth County Speedway, and our old friend Speed the Sauce Man from Cookies Barbecue Sauces and Seasonings, right after a few words from our sponsor. Get more muscle for your money with Dixie Chopper Lawn Mowers. We've been handcrafting the toughest and fastest zero-turn mowers for over 40 years. Dixie Chopper offers a full line of residential, commercial, and industrial mowers to meet every customer's needs. Visit your local Dixie Chopper dealer today or visit online at DixieChopper.com. Toner's Lake Carding Facility offers dirt oval carding at its finest. Hot laps start at noon on Sundays, followed by great kart racing from rookies to pros. Admission is always free, and pit passes are only five bucks. Come out and enjoy some exciting, safe, and fair kart racing at a well-organized facility. Toner's Lake Karting, located northwest of Wasika in a beautiful rural setting next to Toner's Lake. See tonerslakekarting.org for more details. Bulldog Coatings specialize in concrete coatings as well as concrete restoration repair. Hi, I'm Todd with Bulldog Coatings. Our coating systems provide a durable finished floor that is both easy to maintain and adds value to your home. The unique patented Bulldog Coatings are not limited to just garage floors. They can be used for interior flooring as well as pool deck, patio, and sidewalk applications. Our systems can be installed in as little as one day and year-round. We are a locally owned family business ready to serve southern minnesota visit us on facebook or call us for a free estimate 837-9773 let bulldog protect your floors partnering with hog and cattle producers throughout the united states altenburg construction has almost 30 years of experience in the slat replacement business altenburg construction also uses a custom wash bay to ensure biosecurity to protect your herd whether you need an entire site or a single slat stop into one of their two locations in Louisville, Minnesota, or Zering, Iowa. Call 888-435-2210 or see altenburgconstruction.com. When one of your appliances breaks down, you need help and you need it fast. Contact Sorensen's Appliance Service. Racer owner Ben Bainey and racer Travis Underdahl service the entire cow's listening area. Sorensen's Appliance Service. People you know that will get your appliances serviced with trained technicians. Contact them today at 256-7766. That's 256-7766. Shevland Enterprises, your locally owned and operated sanitation and recycling service, offers the highest quality garbage removal, trash pickup services, and roll-off dumpsters at great rates. Commercial, residential, construction, and industrial trash removal and recycling in Owatonna and the surrounding areas in Dodge and Steel Counties. Contact Shevland Enterprises today and new customers will get six months for the price of four if you prepay. Call 528-9900. That's 528-9900. Hi, this is Dave Eversnot from Hardwood Lubricants and Chemicals, your VT Race Guest Distributor. You are listening to Driver's Segment on The Dirt Show. Welcome back here on The Dirt Show, and it is my pleasure today to be joined by Tom Hoffman from the Hoffman Racing Team. And Tom, talk about August Gus Hoffman, who started the Hoffman Racing Team. It actually all started with a car that he drug out of the field in 1929 and turned into a sprint car. That's correct. I was not born yet, so I can't testify to any of that. But he and a couple of friends were able to find the guy that owned it, and they clobbered it up together, and they made what would be probably an early modified or sprint car. And as things progressed, he 
got better equipment and I will brag a little bit, but from very humble beginnings, we actually had cars in the Indianapolis 500. We were the most prolific entrant in cart one time. Not the best by a long shot, but the most prolific. When did you become involved with the family racing, and who were the main members, and how were they all related to you, Tom? Well, it was basically my dad, and he had a guy that worked as a sidekick with him named Johnson, who was a good shade tree mechanic. Anyway, my dad began racing an old sprint car that I remember, and I was about, I don't know, four or five, and he progressed. He bought a really good Curtis Midget. I don't remember about when, about 1951 or two. I'm not sure. I was like only five or six at the time. It was a very prominent car. He won a lot of races with it. A guy named Mud Anderson took care of it for a while. And it was a a very, very prominent race car. It had several drivers that were prominent, the ones I can remember off my top of my head. Don Branson ran it. Rex Eason ran it. Shorty Templin ran it. Andy Linden ran it. Potsy Gochery was pretty good driver in his day. And the guy that ran it the most probably for us was Eddie Sachs. He had the car for several years and sold it and got a sprint car. And many, many years later, he bought that very same car back and restored it. The same Black 7 Midget, which was quite a, a good race car. And if I could embellish a bit, I was in a gift shop in Montana and a guy had a picture of a couple of race cars. I said, you know what that race car up there is? He says, yeah, that was that Black 7 Midget. I said, that's our family midget. <laughs> guy in a gift shop in Montana remembered the car and had a picture of it. I, I think that's kind of neat. But anyway, maybe that's only me. It was a good car. Uh, he had a very good sprint car. It was the 98 Junior car, which was the smaller car to the 98 car that Troy Rutman won the Indianapolis 500 in that uh, was owned by J.C. Agajenian and ran that for many, many years. And an interesting story about Shorty Templeton, a lot of people probably do not know, Doug Wolfgang and Mario Andretti both have the accolades for winning three races in a 24-hour period, and Shorty Templeton actually did it, but it was 2 a.m. the next day when he did it, so it actually didn't count for in a single day. Right. That was a night before the 516th Street Speedway. I was there. Many listeners, when they think about the Hoffman Racing Team, envision this huge state-of-the-art shop, but the Hoffman Race... <laughs> But the Hoffman Racing Team is actually housed out of an old chicken coop on the family farm, Big Boys Toys. Well, yeah, we got rid of the chickens and worked out of a chicken coop for years. And then we had two parallel chicken coops. This probably doesn't mean a whole lot. We connected the two, but we still have a very, very meager operation. I've had several people come up and say, how in the world can these guys produce winning race cars out of a shop like this? And my brother always believed, and my father, it's not what you bring it in or what you have, it's what you produce on the track and how well it is prepared. A lot of people don't realize that. 
in my opinion today, especially. But that's just an opinion of an old man, I guess. And the interesting fact is each one of these cars was hand-built and actually built off a drawing board, a sketch on a piece of drafting paper. Well, and one of them I remember was a little bit even cruder than that. It was a piece of ply board, and they put pegs and drew lines around and then said, we're going to bend up tubing to fit these points. And that was one of our very earliest race cars that we built ourselves. I should say my brother and my father built. As I keep telling people, I was just a cog in the wheels. But we had built race cars and later on very, very, very competitive race cars. A couple of them which were actually banned because people thought they had an unfair advantage that were home Hoffman built cars. What was life like around the Hoffman Racing Shop on a daily basis? Because every member of the Hoffman Racing Team had a specific job, and that's not what they did full-time, but that's what they did in their spare time. I guess you might say you make time for the passion that you love. I worked for my brother and with my brother for several years. My dad had several jobs in his life. He developed property. He had apartment buildings. He built houses, had a lumber yard, many hats that he wore, but his passion was the race car. And when he finally retired in his late 70s, he was the managing officer of a very, very successful building and loan. How he got that job, I think, is somewhat interesting. The two gentlemen were going to a convention on a plane, and... The plane crashed and killed him, and they needed my dad to just look in on day-to-day operations at the bank, which was real close to his office. Well, he did so many, I, I guess I'm bragging, he did so many progressive good things that he ended up in charge. And another thing I'll tell you, a little sidelight that doesn't have anything to do with racing. I was going into the Navy at the time, the same day that that plane crashed, and my parents heard about a plane crashing. The pilot wouldn't take off in the plane that I was on, and there was not good communications. They thought that I was the one on the plane that crashed, and they didn't find out till many hours later that I was safe and sound and on my way to basic training. Tom, we had the pleasure of sitting behind you at the Springfield Mile at the USAC Silver Crown Race last October. Those huge mile tracks are incredible. Oh, yes. I drove eight hours by myself to go see the race. Does that tell you how I feel? (laughs) And we put on a 1,000 miles and 14 hours in the car to be there to sit behind you. (laughs) You outdid me. But uh, anyway, I was all by myself. But uh, I really like the mile tracks. I like the big, bigger tracks that racing venues are on. And unfortunately, they're getting smaller and smaller and smaller. But here again, it's just an opinion of an old man. That day you had an incredible T-shirt on, a custom-made shirt with all 130 drivers that drove for the Hoffman Racing Team over the years. What an incredible lineup. Actually, uh, I think it's 134, and I missed a couple. Almost all the names came out of my memory, and I had two drivers that said, hey, you missed me. (laughs) That's kind of a compliment, but we've been around a while and had 
a lot of incredibly talented drivers. If you've been there that long, I guess you accumulate a lot of people. And we've had many, many people that work free of charge on the team. And I think that's a tribute to the enthusiasm of the sport. You also told an incredible story that day about Johnny Parsons Jr. and having to borrow a jug of fuel because he knew the tank was getting low during a red flag, and luckily it all worked out. Well, actually, it was Parsons had crashed, and because of the red flag came out, I'll embellish in this story. I, I, I don't know if I mentioned all of it. I ran back and got our spare can of fuel. I said, man, this is going to be enough. I went back and told whoever was there, and I said, whoever this belongs to, tell them Hoffman's taken it. So I took somebody else's fuel, and I never found out. (laughs) So the car finished on stolen fuel. But you got paid. When when we went back, I asked, I said, hey, we took a can of fuel, and nobody knew anything about it, so I guess (laughs) I'm a thief. But that happened another time at Terre Haute, the other way around. That was fine, because even though we didn't win that day, but the guy that wanted needed fuel, and he ran back and grabbed our can, and he told us about it, and we said, never mind. It's good. It was Dave Darwin's crew at the time at Terre Haute. But anyway, that's some of the things you do, and that was quite a weekend. We felt very proud to win that race. Anyway, these things do happen in racing, and it goes to show the tightness of the group more so years ago than today, it seems. I don't make many long trips because I'm not old. (laughs) Also, one of my racing heroes, Tracy Hines, was a longtime driver for the Hoffman Racing Team. Yes, very talented, smart, driven. I try to say it discreetly. He wasn't discreet. He pretty much said what he thought, and I think that kept him from going further up the NASCAR ladder. That's my opinion. But he had a lot of talent, and a lot of talent. The Hoffman Racing Team, as you mentioned, also fielded Indy cars from 1973 to 1984. What are some of your memories of the Indy 500? Well, I think the biggest accomplishment that we ever did was when we made the Indianapolis 500, and I guess it would be the first time. We did it with Larry Cannon with a car that was supposed to be a Gurney Eagle, and Dan had been hatcheted up a bit. It was several years old, and we asked Gurney, my brother did, about setups on the car. He said, I don't even know if I made that race car. So we were rookies in this area, and somehow got in the field last, sat on the bubble, I think probably longer than almost anybody. And it was the most agonizing moment you could think of when somebody goes out and posts a couple of laps faster than you, and then they fall off and you're still sitting in 33rd. And this was a time in Indianapolis people do not realize that here I am an old man telling an old man's story, but you just didn't show up at Indianapolis with all this equipment and a crew and say, well, there's 33 of us, we're going to the race. There was over 100 entries, and about 80 of them were legitimate entries. So you were really trying to accomplish something, especially with the equipment that we had. And we had one of everything, not even a push cart. We had to drag out all the stuff out on the apron ourselves. That, I think, was 
a major accomplishment. My brother and another guy slept in a pickup truck for the month of May, almost the entire month of May, and worked 20-hour days as a regular thing, and I slept across the front seat of the pickup truck about three or four days a week, and it was just nonstop work because instead of replacing a motor, you took it and rebuilt the motor, and I thought that was quite an accomplishment, and I, uh, I'm very, very proud of that. Forgive me for going on as an old man, but you're pushing that race car out front of all those people it's a high and uh, it's a drug you can't uh, can't feel unless you've done it it really is and a sense of accomplishment and when your peers compliment you about your efforts that really makes you feel good like roger penske aj watson pat patrick you know that makes you feel really good but anyway that's an old man story i guess Another driver that drove for you that people will recognize is Tony Stewart. Tony only drove for us a couple of times. First time he crashed at Eldora and junked the car running pretty well. And he probably wouldn't want to admit this, but I was physically holding him back from trying to get in a fight. I was much stronger then. (laughs) Other time he ran the little 500 Anderson and ran third. And he said that was one of the toughest races he ever ran. Speaking of tough, life on the road, all the miles, all of the tracks, rain, mud, bugs, heat, and hail? Well, first couple of years, it's kind of neat, and we never went real far in USAC for a long time, although it's just part of the deal. I was in high school, and my dad was the only driver. My brother was not old enough to drive, and I wasn't. We were 13, and my brother just turned 16. We took a Ford wagon and would drive, and these were Sunday races, to Williams Grove and Redding and tracks like that. And literally, I would get out of the tow car and be in time for school, usually, after an all-nighter. And my dad used to tell us, when I start getting sleepy, you touch me so that I wake up again. It's a wonder we didn't have more problems in that area than we did, but that was some of the memories of being on the road and we didn't have interstates at the time and going through West Virginia and Pennsylvania at the time was a pretty unique experience, but we did it. And that was a lot of my weekends from high school. And you also found out one time on one of the very first hills that you didn't have brakes, but you decided oh, to go anyway. Well, we're going to Salem, Indiana, which isn't that far. It's probably three hours from where we live. We had worked on a car all night, my brother and my dad, myself, and we were just not fit to drive. And actually, I don't think my brother and I had license. I think Dick had a license, my brother, but I didn't. We got a guy to drive for us and this old Ford station wagon. And we're going down a grapevine hill and the brake line severed. So he's going down the road, crossing the double yellow line, blowing the horn, so maybe somebody would know that there's a real catastrophe coming down, towing this open-wheeled race car, open race car, and he only, I think, got the fender scraped just a little bit, and we got it down at the bottom of the hill, and we all took a very long, deep breath and realized that the brake line had been severed. It's Sunday morning early, don't know who could fix it. And certainly didn't have time. So it was driven without brakes all the way to Salem because 
Salem, the rest of the trip was pretty level. And anyway, we got to the track, and I don't remember who ran, to tell you the truth. And I remember we were finished relatively well, but we managed to get some brakes on the vehicle and come back home. But it had to have been there to be in the scares we were. <laughs> anyway, it just got to the track, and that was the number one thing. That's a lot of a lot of hard experiences to get to the track over the years, but I think God had been real good to us and never really had anybody get hurt very much going to the track. Um, that was just one that would absolutely dodge the bullet on. The famous Hoffman GMC race hauler. Every USAC fan knows that rig. What is the history of that vehicle? Because I spoke to Brady Bacon down in the infield at Knoxville, and the Hoffman hauler now sits at his shop, and he said, that is a piece of racing history, and it'll always be there. Well, the first few trailers that we had were home-built, and we got one that was a fifth-wheeler, and we outgrew it. And like I said, we never had a budget like a lot of other people. And that hauler was confiscated as a drug hauler and sold at auction. And my brother and dad went over and ended up buying it. And that's how we got it. And it is an 89 model and it is incredibly underpowered. Well, I just say that probably 20 some years ago, some guy came up to me at Paris and said, whose old hauler is that? I said, that's ours. He said, where'd you come from? I said, Ohio. He said, you brought that from Ohio? I said, yes, we did. He says, why would you bring an old junker like that? I said, because it got us here. And if we spend money on the race car, anyway, to, to brag a little bit, we ran second, he missed the show, but he had a much nicer hauler. <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, it's been patched and repatched and everything, and it's just what we had and did a lot, a lot to it, and it's still around on its fifth motor. It's got to make you feel pretty special to see that Brady just got his 51st USAC Sprint Car win, only three drivers in history with 50 or more, Dave Darlin, Tom Bigelow, and now Brady. That's pretty cool. Yes. Brady is a very smart driver, businessman, and individual, and also talented. Very likable. When he first started driving for us, he looked very young with a smile on his face, and he showed a lot of maturity for his age when he first ran with us. And he's just a very exceptional individual. You can have drivers that are smart and know how to read a track, and some of them are just naturally talented. But to get all three is tough, to get smart and know how to run a track and how to play the track, because even though the races are incredibly short, there's a play on them, and especially on asphalt. I think the most talented driver that I've ever seen, and I could brag that he drove for us, was Kyle Larson. We got to talk to you again in June at the Corn Belt Nationals, and the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum Induction Banquet. What an awesome event that is. Yes, it is. It, it is. And I went there to another driver we had that was an exceptional individual, and his son got inducted was Joey Saldana, Jr. 
and Joe drove for us. He drove for us in Indianapolis. He drove our sprint car. And I keep telling Joe, who's this is senior, who's the most modest individual I've ever known as a race car driver, that he's the most underrated driver that I've ever known, period. He took our Indy cars, and they were absolutely not first-class equipment because of a budget. And he made them run as fast as anybody, as fast as anybody could, and very low-key, very nice, very nice man, and has become a very successful businessman. The Hoffman Racing Team, 136 USAC-sanctioned wins, 13 national championships, and the team with Brady Bacon is still racking up the victories. It is a pretty impressive legacy. Who was your personal favorite driver of all time and why? Well, I'd almost have to give two titles. One to Brady. He's a very nice young man. But Don Branson. Don won our first sprint car race for us, and I can remember that like it was yesterday. But anyway, that's another old man's story that was in 58. Anyway, Don was very nice, always would help you, and he just was a genuinely good person. And a lot of people don't know that Don overcame an awful lot of adversity to be able to drive and do as well as he did. He was a diabetic, and there's stages of diabetes, and he was along the line, and I can remember watching him take a whole bunch of pills and shaking like a leaf and drinking water and walk around a little bit, and he'd get a little grin on his face and go out and drive quite well. But I don't think anybody knew. I didn't know at the time, not an MD, of course, of all the adversity that it went through. And I've known some people that were diabetics and this is quite a feat, but uh, Don was just a super, super, super good guy. He'd help you any way he could. And it was very nice having him as a driver. Well, Tom, I am so glad that our paths crossed at the Springfield mile. I tell you what, I know we just barely scratched the surface of some of your great stories, I'm so glad you joined us here on The Dirt Show and took your time to tell some. Well, it, it, it's my pleasure. I am incredibly flattered. And I will tell you that I was just a cog in the wheel, a small cog in the wheel. I got to emphasize that. But I'm awfully grateful for being blessed with what I've been given and what I've been able to do. Well, every racer will tell you they need every lug nut on every wheel to race, and in the shop you need every cog to win. Well, I guess it's true to some extent, yes. And I thank you very much, sir. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. For 50 years, reuse and recycle is not a new concept to us. Miskin Auto Parts has been recycling your old vehicles since the Beatles were still together. Just call us and we'll send one of our friendly drivers right to you and haul away your old retired vehicle. Scrap prices are up, so it's a good time to clean up those unwanted vehicles and get money in your pocket. Give us a call at 507-684-2100 or online at Mizgin.com. Mizgin Auto Parts, in God we trust. We can all think back to the first time we experienced real horsepower. 
Hi, this is Corey at Buyer's Engine Service. Whether it's that pin-you-in-the-seat feeling of a big-block Chevy, the roar of a healthy 340, or the joy of a perfectly tuned flathead, here at Buyer's Engine Service, we service them all. Strip to street, dirt track to asphalt, or just cruising the strip. Stop by and check us out at 2915 20th Street, Southeast in Rochester. Or call 507-282-5586. Extreme! Extreme! Why choose powder coating over liquid paint finishes? Maximum durability. Extreme Powder Coating offers a scientific process that uses electricity and heat to bake the colorful finish deep into your product. Extreme can deliver media blasting, impact-resistant epoxy primers, and durable powder coat applications to meet your needs. Custom colors and exhaust coatings are available also. Visit ExtremePowderCoating.net for more information. If you have a vehicle accident, go with a professional. Bob and his staff at Midwest Collision are the definition of professionals. For over 42 years, they have dedicated their lives to collision repair along with the training, knowledge, and skills that come with the job. Go with the pros. Midwest Collision in Faribault, 507-332-2434. Fast shafts, drive shafts are used by Jake Tim, Tom Barry Jr., Derek Ramirez, Kyle Strickler, Jonathan Davenport, Derek Green, Dalen Murdy, and more. And they currently build drive shafts for 90% of the major chassis builders. Fast shafts is also a longtime title sponsor of the IMCA Fast Shafts All Star Invitational at the IMCA Super Nationals and support a number of competitive series nationwide. Buy directly from Fast Shafts or from their network of dealers. Shipping daily across the country or worldwide see fastshafts.com here's one of the most incredible lubricating products ever made justice brothers jb80 it's twice as good at lubricating just about everything around the home shop and your car jb80 has a penetrating action that goes straight to the problem areas and even the tightest places try jb80 the incredible spray lubricant that's twice as good and it's guaranteed to satisfy or your money back. See our display at Runnings. Tell them Ed Justice Jr. sent you. Welcome back to the sponsor segment here on The Dirt Show, and I am joined by Bob Baker, Executive Director of the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. And Bob, the Knoxville Nationals are right around the corner, and I want to make sure fans take time and make plans to get over to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum and see all of the great activities you have lined up. Clayne, thank you, first of all, for having us on the show. It's always good to talk with you and to get to talk about the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum on your show. And we're just real excited about this year's Knoxville Nationals. It'll be the 62nd year of Knoxville Nationals. Of course, it started, hard to believe, back in 1961 when they first paid $1,000 to win the race with a total purse of $5,000. And you flash forward to this year, and they're paying $185,000 to win and over a million dollars in prize money with $15,000 going to last place. And the event has just grown and grown, not just at Knoxville Raceway, but also at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum with the different events we have going on here during the four days of the Nationals. Every day you have an autograph session inside the museum. Shane Carson does a great job lining up those drivers. You never know who might show up when you're at the Nationals. 
We do put a list out every morning, but the drivers are pulled in so many different directions those four days between the events at the racetrack, the sponsors, the events in Knoxville, and of course the events here in our museum. So it's fair to the fans and fair to the drivers. We put out a list every morning on our front desk when we open up at 8 o'clock of the different drivers that will be in our museum each day to sign autographs back at the Bob Trossel Garage. And in addition to the autograph sessions, we have fanfare forums every day inside the museum on all four days. And just to give you an idea, the first day on Wednesday, August 9th, we start out at 10 o'clock with a fanfare forum called Women in Racing. And that's where Lori Cutter, one of our volunteers, gathers as many different racing ladies that race sprint cars and also work in the sprint car racing field to put on a seminar and talk about what they do in racing, how women can get involved in racing, and answer questions from the people in the audience. That's at 10 o'clock. At noon, we have the changing landscape of racing media with Ralph Shaheen and the guests that he will invite. Everybody, of course, knows Ralph not just because he was just inducted into the Hall of Fame this year, but from all the TV work he's done on TNN with the motorcycle races and all the motorsports that Ralph does. At 1.30, we have our Meet the All-Stars fanfare forum with Blake Anderson, the All-Stars announcer, Justin Peck, Kyle Reinhardt, Chris Windham, Zeb Wise, and other drivers from Pennsylvania. That's at 1.30, and that's just on Wednesday. So we have a blockbuster schedule of fanfare forums every day, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday, we're kind of light on fanfare forums, but we have our big Knoxville Nationals Hall of Fame and Museum auction, which is the largest auction we do to raise funds for the museum each year. It's at 11.30 in the morning on our second floor, and I can't tell you how many items we have. Last year, we had over 70 items, and I don't think it's the number of the items. I think it's the quality of the items. I know one item we have is a Steve Kinzer driver's uniform that he wore when he won the King's Royal. That will be one of our featured items. Kenny Jacobs always builds something. He creates something and builds it himself with his own two hands and donates it. The last two or three years, he's made coffee tables with a theme. Those are always a big treat. He makes lots of things. He's made lamps and other things out of engine parts. So you just never know what you're going to find in addition to the memorabilia, the autograph pictures, the die-cast cars. We've got a couple of t-shirts blankets that ladies have donated for us. So it's a great auction on Saturday right here on our second floor at the museum at 1130. Usually lasts till about 11 o'clock. So if you're at lunch or sleeping late, you can still come roll in at one o'clock and still have a good time. So every day there's the autograph sessions for the ladies. We have rooftop yoga over on the Brian Clausen Sweet Tower observation deck at nine o'clock Wednesday through Friday. And then we give tours of the Brian Clausen Sweet Tower every day starting at 10 o'clock through three o'clock. And then we have Bobby Moore, of course, painting in the lobby, drawing paintings that he puts in the auctions. And then also when the museum store is open every day during the nationals from eight in the mornings until the last race is over every night, we say until the checkered flag falls, the museum store is open. And we also can't forget about your outstanding floor display. Yes, we're very fortunate this year. We have a track tribute to Williams Grove Speedway, and there are 10 iconic race cars that raced at Williams Grove Speedway in the past. It's an excellent display. Bill Wright, our museum coordinator, has put together for us. There's videos that show the race cars in action at Williams Grove back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Drivers' uniforms, memorabilia, helmets, and lots of artifacts from Williams Grove Speedway, which I believe, if I remember right, opened in 1931. So there is a lot of black and white film from Williams Grove because the early promoters at Williams Grove were also into aviation and also into filming. So they had the idea to put airplanes up in the air and do some filming of the races from up in the air, which is way ahead of its time back in the 1930s and 40s. It's pretty fun to watch, and the cars themselves are just a thrill to get to see. Bob, if they'd like to find out more about the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, what's the best way to do that? 
Plain, the best way is to call us at our number, 641-842-6176, or they can find all this information on our website at SprintCarHOF.com, and that will bring them right to our National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum website. And for us, the Nationals are our four largest days of the year. We have more people through the museum, more events going on with the autograph sessions, the fanfare forums, the auction. I can't forget to mention our golf tournament that we have right up the street in Pella at Boss Landon on Friday morning at 8.30. We still have openings in the golf tournament. If there's any golfers out there, I'd like to put a group together of four golfers. It's $90 a person. Money comes back to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame Museum. And everybody that's played golf with us in the past has always told us what a great time it is to get out there with some of the drivers, mechanics, people involved in racing. Just play some golf and relax away from the racetrack before they come back for Friday night's action. Bob, as always, thank you so much for being with us here on The Dirt Show today. Clayne, thank you so much for always inviting us on the show, and I hope we get to see you and your listeners here in Knoxville for the best four days in sprint car racing every year, the Knoxville Nationals, August 9th through the 12th this year. BP Racing Fuels is proud to be recognized as a world leader in race fuel technology. BP's fuels have a well-deserved reputation for power and consistency, winning championships in every form of motorsports for more than 40 years. Whether sportsman or pro, methanol or gasoline, BP has a fuel to ensure optimum performance for your application. See the full line of BP's high-performance products online at vpracingfuels.com. At VP Racing Fuels, our passion is your performance. At Arrow Race Wheels, they put their customers first and appreciate the loyalty the racers have for the company. Arrow Race Wheels is willing to work with anyone who has a question or problem. The only way to stay on top is to listen to the people putting us there. If you want to run with the winners, see aeroracingwheels.com or call 888-895-2376 today. Rhino Egg offers the most complete rear blade line in the industry. Whether your tractor has 30 or 300 horsepower, Rhino offers a blade to accomplish any task. Don't settle for the cheap imitations. Buy Rhino, building the best since 1934. Check out the full line of landscape and construction equipment today at rhinoag.com. Wolf and Sons Yard Service has heavy equipment. This is Scott Wolf. Whether you need a basement dug, a building removed, footings for a remodel, an RV camper or boat pad, rock, sand, or dirt hauled, call 455-3524. Package the impossible inside the possible through service quality and expertise hi this is holly the new general manager at foam craft packaging we are your foam and wood packaging experts in minnesota if you are a business owner or in charge of your packaging we want to talk to you we specialize in designing and manufacturing wood crates pallets and foam inserts and are here to help keep your products protected in transit we are here to help you visit us at foamcraftpackaging.com since 1997, Weir's Machine has been innovating the finest products in the racing industry. We also manufacture the Ultra Force Load Machines and develop the Ultra Force Suspension Software, which allows you to take your program to the next level. Be sure to check out the all new Circle Track app, your ultimate go to spot for race team information. Keep track of your maintenance schedule, parts list, car setups, and more. Proudly made in the USA, champions across the country choose Weir's Machine, Ultra Force, and the Circle Track app to take them to Victory Lane. Shop now at Weir'sMachine.com, UltraForceTech.com, and the all-new CircleTrackApp.com. Follow us on all of our social media platforms at Weir's Machine. 
Welcome back here on the Dirt Show, and I am joined by Ron Reefer, promoter at Kasuth County Speedway. And Ron, during the month of August at Kasuth County Speedway, it is jam-packed. It starts with two Kasuth County Fair races on Thursday, August 3rd, and you have the race for the coveted six-foot trophies, and then Saturday, August 5th, is the Hoven Gay and Harkin Memorial races. Two great races in one week. Yep, the people around here really like, you know, they kind of miss Saturday racing, so it's kind of a almost a festive event just to have a Saturday race, but definitely August 3rd, that's our big fair special in the six-foot trophies. That's 1,000 to win in the modifieds, the stock cars, the hobby stocks, and the sport mods, but all classes will be running. So like you say, that's a big night. And then that Hoven Harkin Gay Memorial, SLMR late models will be there, and they're calling that the East-West Battle because we're splitting its points between the east side and the west side. So we're going to have cars out of West Liberty and along the river, and then a lot of cars out of down around Nebraska will be up. So uh, we're looking for a good field of cars that night. August at Kasuth County Speedway doesn't end with the fair races. Thursday night, August 10th, you've also added something new to the calendar. That is the Larry Evers Junior and Senior Fair Street Face-Off. He was a diehard fan. Him and his son both were, so we've got a memorial race going. His son is heading this up. That is a modified special, and there is $20,000 added to the purse that night. That goes right along with Speed Weeks, which will uh, be all week long. The neighboring track, Hancock County Speedway, has got their Night of a Thousand Stars, and they're running one night on each side of us. So uh, that's going to be a big, big week of racing. The final two races of the season, August 17th with the Renegade Sprint Cars, and then the season finale, August 24th, wraps up another great season at the Kasuth County Speedway. Yep, our boys from up north, we love having them come down with the Renegade Sprints, the non-wing, they put on a good show, and it's hard to believe we're talking about August 24th, season championship already. Construction is beginning for the brand new Iowa Hall of Fame and Museum right there at the Kasuth County Speedway next to the racetrack. This is going to be an incredible asset for the city of Algona, Kasuth County, and the state of Iowa and the entire region. It's been awesome. I mean, this is a long process, as you know, Clay. But I've been meeting with the city of Algona. We've met with our Kasuth County supervisors, our economic development. We've got letters of support from all of them. Believe it or not, this next weekend, the first trees are coming down and the pad is getting ready to be laid. That is exciting news. If they'd like to find out more about the Kasuth County Speedway, how can they do that? Well, you can call me at 515 515- Three four one eight eight zero three, or we have our Facebook post, and anybody can message us there. If they'd like to find out more information about the Iowa Hall of Fame and Museum, maybe have some talents they can provide to get this project to the finish line, or they'd like to make a donation to finish up all of the projects that we need done, what's the best way to do that, Ron? Well, they can get a hold of me also at 515-341-8803 or anybody at the museum, the people that are in charge of the Racing Hall of Fame, which is Nancy and Marty Pringle. Everybody knows them. They're the, the instigators of this whole deal. And what a great group of people that's involved with this project. Ron, thanks for all you do at Kasuth County Speedway, and thanks for your involvement with the Iowa Hall of Fame and Museum 
Can't wait to see that place built and can't wait to see you soon. Oh, it's going to be an asset. Thanks for having me. If you're in need of a worry-free power lift door, then you'll want to stop and talk with Rod French. Make a statement with a PowerLift architectural door on your home or cabin. PowerLift doors can be retrofitted to fit an existing door opening or designed into your next commercial, agricultural, livestock, or aircraft hangar build. Stylish, functional, and built to last. PowerLift doors by French's Manufacturing are made locally in Dodge Center, Minnesota by their experienced craftsmen. Contact Kelly or Rod. PowerLift doors by French's Manufacturing. 374-9306. Hi, this is Steve from Poles Electric. Do you have electrical projects in your future? Coles Electric can help. Coles Electric offers industrial, commercial, farm, and residential electrical services in Minnesota and Northern Iowa. We have 24-hour emergency service, design build, automation, underground boring, solar installation, and much more. Coles Electric has a great staff and can assist you with your electrical needs. Look us up at coleselectric.com or call us at 507-451-1387. Let me tell you, friends, about our stores, a great place we call Miners Outdoor. Miners Outdoor, your total source Husqvarna dealer in Blooming Prairie, has everything your yard needs, from chainsaws, leaf blowers, and weed trimmers to zero-turn mowers and everything in between. That's what being your Husqvarna total source dealer is all about. Stop in today to see the best selection in quality Husqvarna outdoor power equipment. That's Miners Outdoor, Highway 218, Blooming Prairie. Miners Outdoor, Major Tough. Welcome back here on the Dirt Show, and I am joined by Speed the Sauce Man from Cookies Barbecue Sauces and Seasonings. And Speed, many times during your segment, we talk about taking the ordinary and making it extraordinary. And meatloaf is kind of boring unless you do it the Cookies Barbecue Sauces and Seasoning way. I'll tell you what, Clayne, the recipe I'm going to give is for our barbecued meatloaf explosion. I call it bacon explosion special, but I'll tell you what, the bacon around the outside of that meatloaf, when it's cooking, it just adds so much flavor to it. It's just unreal. I like to use our tangy mustard. You can use any one of the barbecue sauces. You can write this recipe down, or you can also go to our website, which is cookiebbq.com, and just type in bacon and then search, and it'll bring this one up. But here it is for those of you that want to just jot it down. Half a cup of our tangy mustard barbecue sauce, one cup of old-fashioned oatmeal, two teaspoons of cookie flavor enhancer and all-purpose seasoning, three-quarter cup finely chopped onion, and then three-quarter cup finely chopped celery, one cup of shredded cheddar cheese, two pounds of ground beef, and I like to use the 8515 for this. 93.7 is just too lean. And then 16 strips of bacon. What you do in a large bowl, mix together the taggy mustard barbecue sauce, the oatmeal, the cookies flavor enhancer. Mix that up real good. Then stir in the onion and the celery and the cup of cheese. Get that all mixed together good. Then add the two pounds of ground beef. Mix that all up real well. Then take your bacon and make a weave out of it. Just kind of like you're doing a lattice on top of a pie. And you'll end up with a nice square. And then lay this meat mixture down on top of your bacon weave, creating an even layer about it all the way across the weave. And then just roll that up and place it seam side down in a large pan or put it on foil in your smoker. I've did it both ways. If I'm doing it in the smoker, I run my smoker about 250, 275 until I get an internal temp of 160. So it'll take a couple hours. And you can also just do this in your oven. Just set your oven at three and a quarter to 350, and it'll take about an hour to two hours in there as well. 
you can mix it up if you want to do a pound of sausage and a pound of ground beef. Just play with it however you want to. But I like to sprinkle just a real light coating of flavor enhancer with just a little bit of brown sugar on the bacon before I lay the meat down. But that's, uh, you know, to each his own. And then what I'll do about the last 15 minutes in the oven, I'll glaze it with just a little bit of the tangy mustard. Whatever barbecue sauce I'm using in the meat, I'll glaze the top with just a little bit of it. And I'll tell you what, that is so good coming right out of the oven. Just let it set for a little bit and slice it off because then you're going to get some of the bacon and the meatloaf. I just love it sliced cold on a sandwich. It's to die for that way, Clayton. So for these and other great recipes, just go to cookiesbbq.com. And just remember to stay in the sauce. And remember, smart cookies use cookies. Did you know high temperatures impact the lifespan of a vehicle's battery more than the cold? If you're feeling the heat this summer, it might be time to replace yours. And this month, when you stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store or shop Napa online, you can get a $25 Visa card with the purchase of a AAA premium battery or $20 card with the purchase of a Napa Legend or Legend premium battery. Napa has quality parts you need to keep you moving all year long. Offer at 731-2023 or while supplies last. Please store for details and visit NapaRebates.com to learn more. Napa, a proud sponsor of the Dirt Show. Hey, Dirt Show listeners, for over 20 years, Hot Rod Hardware in West Concord, Minnesota has provided everything to modernize and improve your Hot Rod's performance. Hot Rod Hardware is your specialty aftermarket auto parts go-to solution. From radiators and brakes to suspension, handling, and power. From the drag strip to the street, dirt track to cruise nights, Hot Rod Hardware is your family-owned solution. Check us out at hotrodhardware.com or just call the guys at 507-527-1020. Or as they say, no robots, just real people. It's Speed the Sauce Man here bringing you today's weather forecast. Okay, who am I kidding? It's always barbecue weather. Whether you're cooking on your smoker, grill, or inside your kitchen, there's a 100% chance of deliciousness when you use cookies, barbecue sauces, and seasoning. You can always count on our full line of cookies products to enhance meats, main dishes, and so much more. Get recipes and join our sauce squad at cookiesbbq.com. And remember, rain or shine, it's cookies barbecue time. Cookies is the one. Welcome to the Dirt Track segment, brought to you by Cookies, Sauces, and Seasonings. Kasuth County Speedway was racing last Thursday night in a modified A-Main, Jeremy Mills, in the stock cars, Kelly Shryock, in the sport mods, Matthew Loaf, in the hobby stocks, Daniel Smith, and in the sport compacts, Brandon Hartman. KRA Speedway in Wilmer was also racing last Thursday night, July 13th, in the pier stocks, Brady Schultz, in the super stocks, Dexton Cook, in the street stocks, Justin Vogel, and in the stock cars, Josh Larson. Murray County Speedway in Slayton, Minnesota was racing last Friday night, July 14th, in the Bombers, Tyler Winter, in the Sport Compacts, Jason Bolt, in the Hobby Stocks, Evan Shelter, in the Sport Mods, Braden Ehlers, in the Stock Cars, Justin Lunenberg, and in the Modifieds, Cole Bentz. I-94 Speedway was also racing last week in the late model A main, Ben Walden, in the short trackers, Sean Beto, in the Midwest Modifieds, Ryan Sauer, in the stock cars, Corey Geisinger, in the Modifieds, Tyler Peterson, and in the IRA 410 Wing Sprint Car 30 Lap A main, Mark Dobmeyer. We were at Mississippi Thunder Speedway last Friday night, July 14th, in the Hobby Stock A main, Devin Holthouse, in the USRA B mods, Taylor Osrud, in the Modifieds, Josh Angst, in the USRA Late Models, Ryan Olson, in the Stock Cars, Braden Gear, and in the traditional non-wing UMSS Sprint Cars, Cam Schaefer. Worthington Speedway was racing last Saturday night, July 15th, in the Bombers, Brian Campbell, in the Hobby Stocks, Evan Shelter, in the 
the Modifieds, Benjamin Chukuski in the Sport Mods, Tommy Tanner in the Sport Compacts, Jason Bolt, and in the Stock Cars, Jeff Larson. Madison Speedway was also racing last Saturday night, July 15th, in the Pier Stocks, Alex Grininger in the Gen X Late Models, Brad Staples in the Hornets, Carter Matthews in the Midwest Mods, Scott Tofty in the Modifieds, Ryan Flatten in the Street Stocks, Zachary Flicklinger, and in the Super Stocks, Travis Scott. Arlington Raceway was racing last Saturday night, July 15th, in the IMCA Hobby A-Main, Corey Probst in the Sport Compacts, Alan Lahr in the Outlaw Hobby, Dakota Robinson. In the Sport Mods, Matthew Loaf. In the Race Saver Sprint Cars, Trevor Service. In the Stock Cars, Brett Utiker. And in the Modified, Clint Haddlestead. Deer Creek Speedway was also racing Saturday night, July 15th. In the USRA B-Mods, Dan Hovden. In the Modifieds, Josh Angst. In the Stock Cars, Kyle Falk. In the Hobby Stocks, Gavin Bartell. And in the Midwest Modifieds, Jamie Hiller. Viking Speedway was racing last Saturday night, July 15th. In the Midwest Modifieds, Josh Mizuki. In the Street Stocks, Roger Berkness. In the Super Stocks, Matt Miller. In the Wasota Late Models, Ryan Mickelson. And in the Short Trackers, Jeff Rohner. Ogilvy Raceway had their three-night Mod Wars starting Thursday night, July 13th. In the Modified A-Main, Jake Tim. In the Midwest Modifieds, Zach Benson. In the Mod 4s, Tyler Larson. In the Street Stocks, Keith Torval and in the Hornets, Joseph Wilbur. Night 2 at Ogilvy, Friday night, July 14th. In the Modified A-Main, Jim Chisholm. In the Midwest Modified, Shane Sabraski. In the Mod 4s, Tommy Bowden. In the Street Stocks, again, Keith Torval. In the Hornets, Joseph Wilbur. And night three at Ogilvy, Saturday night, July 15th. In the Modified A-Main, Jake Tim. In the Midwest Modifieds, Travis Schulte. In the Mod 4s, Dustin Holquist. In the Street Stocks, for the third night in a row, Keith Torval. In the Hornets, Bobby Ames. Knoxville Raceway was racing last Saturday night, July 15th. In the 410 Wing Sprint Cars, Austin McCarl. And in the 360 Wing 25 Lap A-Main, Chase Randall. Mason City Motor Speedway was racing last Sunday night, July 16th, in the Modifieds, Gary Christian, in the Stock Cars, Derek Green, in the USRA B-Mods, Dan Hovden, in the Hobby Stocks, Chris Hovden, in the Outlaw Mini-Mods, Nathan Kilwine, and in the Tuners, Oliver Monson. Granite City Motor Park was also racing on Sunday night, July 16th, in the Street Stocks, Tucker Peterson, in the Hornets, Colton Trembath, in the Midwest Modifieds, James Trantina III, in the Mod 4s, Tommy Bowden, in the Modified Shane Sabraski, and in the Street Stocks, Jordan Hinkemeyer. Houston Speedway was also racing last Sunday night, July 16th, in the 410 Outlaw Wing Sprint Cars, Dusty Zolmer, in the Race Saver Sprint Cars, Dan Carsrud, and in the Late Model Street Stocks, Tim Dan. If your classic isn't so classic... <laughs> Bring it into Auto Trim Design of Oatana. We can fix the upholstery, the carpet, replace a sagging headliner. Make your old car look new again. Make your seats comfortable again. Whether it's a classic car, work truck, boat, or anything else that moves, we can fix the upholstery and make your ride like new. And we work on convertibles. We're located in Oatana at 3275 Old Highway 14, one mile west of Walmart. Hi, this is Harvey West, and you've been listening to The Dirt Show. See you at the races.